Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi, and you're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guests today are award-winning author, Stacey Padula, NBA coach, Brett Gunning, and executive producer, Mark Blutman. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Yes, such an honor to have each of you here. Now, can each of you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from? Sure, want me to start? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so um, I'm Stacey Padula. I am the author of 13 books and the owner of Briley and Baxter Publications, um, a publishing company in support of animal rescues. So we publish a variety of children's books, young adult books, self-help, inspirational, and, you know, really even nonfiction, pretty much everything. Um, so I'm obviously very passionate about literature and creative writing specifically. So I am the author of the Grip Book series, which is young adult fiction, um, the Montgomery Lake High series, which is inspirational young adult, and then the On the Right Path series with NBA coach Brett Gunning, which is children's. I love it. Brett? Great. I'm, uh, my name is Brett Gunning, and I grew up uh, outside of the Philadelphia area in the uh, beautiful northeast part of the country. I've uh, been involved in coaching my whole career right out of college. Uh, finished uh, my 26th year in coaching. Uh, was fortunate to coach in the NBA the last 14 years and uh, have kind of taken some time here to dive into a, a nonprofit organization that I started called On the Right Path. And that's how I was fortunate to cross uh, paths with Stacy and and now uh, Mark, but my passion is 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 really serving others through the game of basketball, whether that's coaching uh, in the NBA or uh, serving younger ch uh, kids and try trying to guide youth on the right path uh, using the game of basketball. Thank you, Brett. Mark, I will do my absolute best to not make you regret <laughs> an open-ended question to me. <laughs> Where are you from? Tell us about yourself. I will do my best to not make you, because I can just go, 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 go. I will be as brief as possible. Uh, first of all, it's <laughs> awesome to be here with you. And uh, certainly I adore these people, Stacy and Brett. So it's great to share this platform with them. Um, I'm originally from uh, Montreal, Canada. Moved to LA when I was about 22 years old. And I am uh, now going to jump. I'm a uh, Emmy Award winning, which I'm very proud of, uh, writer-producer. I'm known for iconic uh, hit uh, family shows like Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World. I recently just did um, a series on Ghostwriter. Uh, that was the one actually where I finally won an Emmy after six losses. Uh, that's on Apple TV <laughs> streaming right now. And uh, I'm blessed, uh, beyond blessed, uh, to uh, have been chosen by uh, Stacy to adapt her book series Gripped, which I think is one of the um, most uh, important pieces of uh, work I've ever attached myself to. And I'm uh, equally proud to, uh, you know, be working with Brett and Stacy on, on the right path. And uh, as Brett said, it's a, it's a work dedicated to, uh, you know, reaching young, young children and, uh, it's never too early to uh, say, hey, there's a reasonable path. Take that one. You'll have a good life. Yeah. That's that's the short of it. Thank you, Mark. Now, <laughs> Stacey, tell us more about your book that we'll be releasing soon. So we just had one that just came out like a couple weeks ago, which was 
On the Right Path, book three, um, which became the number one new release in its genre on Amazon. And then I'm currently writing and hope to get out this summer or fall, uh, Gripped Part Six. So it's just a continuation of Taylor Duncan's story in my Grip book series. So that one is, um, it's almost more like a crime drama at this point. It is you're in the climax of the series right when you start like Grip Six. It just picks up right where five left off. So it's just like very suspenseful and I'm enjoying writing it so much. I, I cannot wait to release it. Um, Gripped Five just actually won a Reader's Choice Award. So I'm thrilled about that. That motivated me even more, made me even more excited to get Grip Six out there for people. So between that and then Brett and I are gonna be starting On the Right Path Four pretty soon too. I love it. Tell us more about your TV series that is in production right now. Mark, do you wanna talk about that? Cause you, you're, you are more in the mix of that than me at the moment. Uh, we're talking about Gripped. Yeah, and then we can- So Gripped, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I'll start with Gripped. We're, we're not actually in, in production. We're in what's called development in Hollywood terms. And uh, development is a, uh, well, it, that's the reaction most of us get when we hear the word development. We just go, ah! Uh, that, that was it, my kid. Sorry. Yeah. No. All good. It's it's a Hollywood uh, term for basically purgatory, where we don't know exactly where we're going to end up. So um, I was hired by Stacy and her company to adapt uh, the book series, and what went into that was basically reading all five books twice. Uh, which is probably more reading than I've done in the last 20 years combined because I've been busy doing TV, um, and then turn it into a, a one-hour pilot script. And then my reps have been, uh, at this point, we are out to directors. Um, the best route right now in our business is to really kind of, uh, you know, get as many really good attachments as possible. So we went out to directors, uh, who the feedback has been great. Uh, I've had a bunch of meetings. Uh, we have not yet settled on anyone. And probably I would say within the next, it's so hard to say, but six to eight weeks, we will start going to Netflix and Amazon and Hulu uh, and places like that where this belongs. It truly is a streaming series and that's where it really belongs. Uh, and then as far as on the right path, which is a much different set of buyers. Uh, the kids market is very, very specific. And um, we're trying to find the right partners uh, with that too. But what's amazing is uh, Stacy and Brett uh, just keep turning out, you know, new additions, you know, they're about to embark on three. Uh, I know four, five, six will be around the corner. So <clears throat> ultimately, it makes our job easier. Uh, to try and set it up when there's more uh, IP. That's the big thing in Hollywood. Um, in intellectual property, uh, executives really, really like it when there's a book or a play or a song or something like that attached. That's kind of where we're at right now. But we're super excited about both projects. <laughs> Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, you've got the book that Stacy and Brett did, which is taking these seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds who are, you know, still so embryonic in terms of life experience, 
they're still just sponges and and haven't really really you know picked a path picked a definitive journey who are they they're still evolving and then on the other end of the spectrum are these grown-up kids who come from very very complicated families and they're living in a world uh our world which is filled with divisiveness and uh you know an overall lack of uh kindness decency and morality and uh a, a lot of them come from these homes with uh helicopter parents that are over them constantly and putting undue pressure and you've got to be the best at football and you have to get the best grades and it's a generation where there's a lot of pressure on these kids and so a lot of them unfortunately uh through that pressure that uncertainty that inability to be strong because they're still fragile young kids um in the grip series you know a lot of them find their way um you know experimenting with uh, opioids and benzos and that's the reality and part of the grip series but uh, ultimately it's a show about recovery and hope um you know so we're that's where we are with that book series on the right path is telling these young kids instilling the most basic concepts of teamwork and sharing and hygiene and empathy and compassion and all these you know buzzwords which i think is so important because as simple as it sounds especially with the pandemic these last two years these parents of these young 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 children are distracted and those words are not being as readily imparted to young kids so that's why i think the book that Brett and Stacy have created has even more need and will have an even greater impact during these times. I love it. Very powerful. And the messages are very powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us, Mark. Now, Stacy, tell us more about your publishing company, Briley and Baxter Publications, LLC. Sure. So um, I was a traditionally published author and in the industry for about nine years. Uh, my first six books came out that way through a different publishing company. And I was moved to actually start my own publishing company uh, for a few different reasons. Um, one being number one, I wanted more control over when my books were published. I wanted them to come out faster than what my previous publisher was willing to do. Um, but number two, I really wanted to make the publishing industry more accessible to authors. Um, I had to jump through hoops to get my first book published. I sent out probably 70 query letters to agents until I finally got an agent who was willing to take on a young new writer. Um, and then from there it was shopping to publishers and it really just took on a life of its own. And I wanted to be able to make that just more viable for, for people out there who have a good story, that they're passionate about telling it and maybe they don't wanna go the self-publishing route and they also can't get an agent. So. When I created Briley and Baxter Publications, I did it with the model of donating 10% of our monthly proceeds, our royalties from our books, um, to different animal rescue. Every single month, so we've been able to partner with a lot of great organizations. I named it after my two miniature dachshunds, uh, Briley and Baxter, with Baxter, who is a rescue. So he was sort of the inspiration behind our mission. And we are close to publishing our 50th book at this point. It's been 
I have enjoyed more than I ever thought I would just working with all the talented authors that I have met. And some of them have now published their second or third book with us. And we just have this ongoing relationship where we check in a lot and just getting to share in their success has just been such a fulfilling and meaningful opportunity. I, I absolutely fall, I have, I've fallen in love with being a publisher. Absolutely amazing. Thank you, Stacy. Now, Brett, tell us more about your experience being a coach. <laughs> Whoa, that, that's, that's an, that's a, I can run as Mark says, I could run with that for a while. You know, I think, uh, for me, um, you know, a big part of my life is, is rooted in, um, in my, in my faith, you know, and growing up in, in a Christian background and, uh, you know, one, one of the principles, that was deeply embedded in my spirit was, was that of, you know, being a servant, you know, helping others. And I think one of the keys in life is, is just discovering kind of the unique passion that you, you have that, that God has gifted you with. And, and then what, what can you do to use that passion to serve other people? You know, and my passion has always been the game of basketball. And I was very fortunate to get involved in the, in the coaching profession at a young age. And, um, I always just enjoyed, you know, th th there's so many things you see in sports, you know, on TV and in these, you know, all the fans and all the crowds and all the all the hype and all the money and all the fame, all that stuff that comes with professional sports. But for me, the, the enjoyment is what I call kind of being in the trenches, you know, behind the scenes, uh, in the trenches with the players and, and trying to, to um, help them reach their maximum potential, you know? And I think a lot of times when we look at athletes, we, we, we think that they're like almost superhuman. And, and what you find as you, as you spend time with them is they're, they're just like everybody else. They have fear, they have anxieties, they, they, they're, they have uh, good days and bad days. And what, what people fail to realize is imagine if, if our lives were, were, were videotaped and filmed you know, all day, every day. And then we went home at night and we turned on the TV and it was on the news, you know, what we did that day at the office. I mean, it's like, you know, we take for granted that uh, athletes, a lot of times they're, they're just supposed to be perfect, make no mistakes, react, react great every time. And um, so I, to me, coaching is just, is just trying to help others reach their maximum potential. And for me, it's, you know, my passion is the game of basketball and I've been blessed to have a, have a long, journey in that sport and now uh, you know i want to continue to try to impact as many people as i can um whether it's in, in the game or as a part of uh, my nonprofit organization do you brett that. brett do, do you sometimes feel like a parent to like these 13 players you've got three <laughs> at home and yeah. then you've got like 13 on a team do you I mean, is that like a role sometimes? No, for sure. And, and I think, you know, you walk that fine line just as you do with a, with a parent, um, you know, you, you love and you, you love your kids, but you also you got to you, you have to get on them for for the betterment of knowing that if I don't get on them now, you know, a coach that I spent uh, the first 14 years of my journey with was a, with a guy by the name of Jay Wright. Who, was, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, a great college coach at Villanova University. And what one thing he used to tell me all the time was, you know, you only get a certain number of years. You get this small window with your kids before they before they're gone, you know, before they leave the house. And he's like, you know, every every day the thought should be, you know, am I preparing them for that day when they leave that they're going to be OK? 
you know, and I think it's the same way with your players, you know, they're thrusted into these moments of competition and, and competing against the best. And what you try to do as a coach is just prepare them as much as you can. And, and certain days it's loving them, certain days it's lifting them up, certain days it's, it's getting on them, but it's that, you know, it's that feel Mark, as you know, having been a, a parent to, to two, uh, two great boys. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not leaving, leaving anybody out, but um, not, not that I know of, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot, you know, you got to love them up. You, you got to uh, discipline them and everything in between, you know, but it's the, you know, one thing it's funny. I, I have a program that I do here with a local um, community center here. And I was talking to the kids the other day and th this is the thing that blows my mind is so many kids these days, whether it's their teacher, their coach, their parents, what a lot of kids fail to realize is the people that care about them the most are the are the ones that we listen to the least, <laughs> you know, meaning that the teachers are getting on them, their coach is getting on them, their parents are getting on them. And so it's like, ah, oh, that's just them. They're just yelling. It's like, but yet, but most of them don't realize, like, these are the ones that care about me the most. So they, so they listen the least because they're 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 tired of getting yelled at or they're tired of somebody being on them but yet it's the people that, that actually care about them the most very true now brett you mentioned topics such as anxiety depression and mental health why do you believe those topics are not really discussed in our society and in the sports industry I, again, I think everybody says it. You know, it's it, that's the it's taboo, right? If you have a sprained ankle, you, you, your your knees messed up, your back's messed up, you know, immediately you go to see the doctor, right? If if you're ang if you're anxious, or you're or you're nervous, or you're you know, it's like you can't you can't go see a, a mental you can't go see a psychologist. Or you, so I think there's this kind of stigma. That I think it's 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 starting to get it's it's gradually getting knocked down. You know, it's funny. I was watching um, an interview the other day. Uh, there was a player talking about how um, Meta Ron Artest, who now goes by Meta World Peace, he kind of shattered that glass where when he won they won the championship game seven with the L.A. Lakers and he hit the big shot with a minute to go and they're interviewing him after the game and and. He's like, the first person I want to thank is my uh, psychiatrist. And, and everybody was like, what? what? What did he just say? And, you know, I think that that started it. And, and now gradually, you know, people are becoming less and less afraid to say, like, yeah, I need help. You know, I'm, I'm struggling right now and I need help. So I yeah. think um, I think it's getting better. Um, and, and I think each day that we continue to to address it um, and, and make it make it um it's just an it's just it's just an honest thing. I'm not trying to run from it. I'm not trying to hide from it. I I have a problem. I need help, and I'm not afraid of it, and, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I think the more that we have players uh, stand up and say that, I think the the uh, less and less others are going to be afraid to do the same. Yeah, it's definitely if I can piggyback because this is a I advocate a lot about mental health. Uh, my mother has suffered for sixty years chronic mental health issues as a child when she wouldn't get out of bed i just thought she was tired a lot because nobody talked about it so these things are generational right our education and our you know awareness are rooted in the generation in which 
we were a part of. So back when I was a kid, it was completely taboo to talk about. And now um, I'm really proud to be able to use my platform, which is writing, writing characters. Um, Stacy has done the same in her books, so it's fantastic. Um, you know, I wrote a scene that 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 is in the pilot where one of the lead characters, Taylor, is back speaking at his middle school. And uh, so he's about 18 here and he's talking to these middle school kids. And he says, how many people here go to the dentist for checkups? And everybody in the auditorium raised their hands, right? Everybody. And he says, yeah, exactly. Even when nothing is wrong, you go to the dentist for a checkup just so your teeth are okay. And one day you could rip through an overcooked piece of meat. But how come we never go get our heads checked? How come every six months we don't check in with somebody and say, hey, what's going on? But our teeth, we do. And so I have a platform as a you know writer. I reach, you know, on Boy Meets World. I mean, we used to, 20 million people would watch us in one Friday. So there was a responsibility. And I've always felt there's a responsibility to reach people. And, you know, as, as Brad said, as athletes start talking about it after a game in an interview, you know, uh, got to give a little props to my shrink because uh, <laughs> I had a major panic attack yesterday because this is my first NBA finals. And boy, you know, she or he talked me through it. And, you know, I went out and lit it up for 40. So when we get more of that and when we get Stacy writing what she's writing and we get when I want to reach kids and create and then talk openly about a mother who to this day suffers, you know, it's been her whole life. Um, and, and so, you know, we're inching closer to where more and more people will freely talk about, you know, mental health issues, because let's face it, all the other dark things around us, they're connected to mental health issues. I mean, that's, you know, that's the root for most of our problems. It's people not being able to cope and deal and handle. Very true. Stacy. what are your thoughts on this matter? Yeah, I mean, that's it's something that drives me to write the books I write. Um, I, I thought of the exact same scene that Mark just brought up when Brett was talking. Um, that's in our pilot. And just the idea of not being afraid to ask for help. I mean, a lot of my characters they're feeling pressured, whether it's academic or athletic or just even social pressures. And that is what causes them to turn to some of these substances that ultimately just open up just a whole Pandora's box of other issues, you know, that come from that. And it's a lot of them just being afraid to share these things um, with their family or their friends when they're struggling or just being afraid of failure or, you know, afraid seeming weak. I mean, whatever it is, um, I like to write about a lot of different people so everyone can find themselves in the story somewhere. And I just think uh, now it, there's just so much pressure on young people, um, specifically like teenagers who might be on social media and so forth. I mean, there's just pressures that I certainly didn't have growing up. So it's like more so than ever. I want these kids to just know it's okay to seek out help and um, also just for loved ones to even be able to see the warning signs. Cause I think that's something you see in my books a lot 
the people around them are kind of clueless. Like they don't know what to look for. Any signs that people are just thinking under that pressure that they place upon themselves um, or just even seeing signs that they're abusing pills. Um, it's so easy to hide things. So that's another thing that I think parents and teens can take away from my books. Very powerful. Now, Mark, how important is prayer? Um, I think it, you know, uh, for each individual, it, you know, it, it plays a different role. Um, I do personally believe in the power of prayer, uh, certainly. Um, I think that, you know, people can draw strength from their faith. I mean, you know, and, and, and in a messed up world, um, in a decaying world uh, that is filled with um, temptation and, 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 and sin and lack of direction, morals and ethics, I think um, to, the two places to draw strength from are prayer and family. And so, you know, absolutely. And, 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 you know, prayer can mean a lot of different uh, things to different people, but wherever they draw their strength from, um, I'm really all down with that. Amen. I agree. Now, Mark, can you tell us more about what inspired you to create the shows like Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World? Well, I can uh, answer that very quickly by saying I actually did not create them. I, uh, I wish I did. Uh, because then I would be chatting on a 20-foot computer screen and not my little Apple. Uh, Michael Jacobs is the creator of Boy and Girl Meets World. I, I've run those shows. I was the executive producer, uh, the showrunner. I've worked with Michael numerous times. But I will answer your question because I did. In fact, I just talked about this recently on, on, on something um, where I came into it early on and I immediately felt proprietary. I felt like it was my own show. I felt protective over these kids, these young actors, Danielle Fischel and Ryder Strong and Ben Savage. And so um, I always felt like it was it, it was my show. And, and as I said earlier, you know, that responsibility to affect kids in a positive way um, was the driving force in my career. I would say 90% of what I've done over a 32-year career has been, uh, you know, positive messaging. Um, somebody once told me, they said, we're here to entertain and anybody can make an audience laugh, but if you make them feel, they will come back over and over and over again. And they may not be able to articulate why they keep coming back to watch the show. But Boy was a hit for seven years, 156 episodes. Girl ran for three, 75 episodes. Loyal audiences, they continue to perform well in, in reruns on Disney Plus, on streaming. It's because we reached out and never talked down and did silly jokes. We, we, we informed and made the audience feel. We, you know, we did an episode uh, I want to say in 1996, nobody on a family show ever did this. We, we did a story. And the reason I'm mentioning it, because now we're in 2022 and I still get direct messages from young kids or, or older now saying how much this affected them positively. There was an episode where, uh, you know, Sean Hunter lived in a trailer park and Corey went, knocked on the door and he, Sean opened it up. And in the background, there was a girl. 
just in the doorway coming out of the shower wrapped in a towel and of course Corey is like oh sean you met this girl cool that's so awesome and he's like bro it's not that it's not what you think it's nothing like that then what is it i can't tell you and as the story unfolded it was discovered that he was protecting her from an abusive parent who was beating her at night and they saw the bruises on her arm and the whole bit and then they had to eventually go to adults who went to the police and she ended up moving and living with an aunt in Vermont. When you can do this kind of television and then 20 years later have young people reach out and say, thank you so much for that. I was going through something similar. I was able to reach out to an aunt or an uncle and they helped me, whatever. And I got the strength from you. So that makes me you know, smile when I go, you know, my legacy will always first and foremost be Liam and Luke, my two boys. Then it'll be Brett third. <laughs> I never told you that, Brett. You're third. But that, after, no, seriously, my legacy of affecting kids in this way and doing television that will, you know, will have a long lasting effect on young people forever and ever who are now parents who may sit down and pop in an episode and watch it with their kids because they watched it 30 years earlier. That's powerful. I mean, I don't know how you can have a more impactful career than me. And I'm so blessed. I love it. Such an amazing way as well to raise awareness about domestic violence, because as we know, it doesn't just happen in relationships, as most people believe in our society, but it also does happen in the family home. And so now, Mark, can you tell us more about the middle schooler comedy? I'm with her that you have teamed up with Danielle. <laughs> sure. So that, um, you know, that's kind of a, a, a vehicle to do a boy and girl meets world at the same time. And it also speaks to uh, the world we find ourselves living in, as Stacy mentioned. Uh, social media has made it that the metric for a young person to measure their worth, their value, their opinions are likes and follows. That's the metric for a young person measuring where they fit in in the world. So this show really speaks to that where we have two people, these two opposites. We have um, Ali, our 12-year-old middle schooler, who is an influencer, not like a Kardashian influencer, but a middle school influencer. <laughs> she has maybe 300 followers. And so she has a platform, but she has very little substance. She gives out advice like, you know, uh, roller backpacks are social, you know, suicide. So strap on your backpack and walk proud. Uh, don't share hats. You know, hair lice is real. Uh, how to ask out somebody to a dance in six emojis or less. It's shallow stuff. The guy had just moved to the area. He doesn't know anybody, and he's kind of king of the nerds, king of the geeks. He's fun. He's likable. He floats from group to group, click to click, but he doesn't really have a belonging. He doesn't have that peer group, but he's got this incredible social conscience. He's awesome. So she has a platform, no substance. He has substance, no platform. In the pilot, they're thrown together in detention, and all of a sudden, bing, her message uh, notifications come on and somebody was one of her subs wrote in and said, I 
Don't know if I can get up in the morning. I am tired of going to school. I have nobody to sit with. I have nobody who will talk with me. I dread getting up in the morning. So she's sitting there. How do I answer this? She's not that kind of person. And he's sitting there looking over her shoulder, smiling and kind of giggling. What? Well, I, it looks like you could use some help. No, I'm fine. She can't answer it. He gives her this advice. Amazing advice. She steals it, uses it, gives it to the you know subscriber. All of a sudden now uh, it worked, what she said at school, there was like an extra table set up where one person from each group would sit with this new person and she was happy, happy, happy. So meanwhile, our guy now is like furious, like you just stole my idea and took credit. And so eventually what they do is they broker a deal so he won't go tell the whole school. He will continue to be her voice, her consciousness, her social, uh, you know, aware voice in exchange for her inviting him into her world of popularity. <laughs> so that's kind of where the title I'm with her is. So it's kind of a Cyrano type thing where he will teach her, you know, to be more socially aware as, as she sponges off the help. Um, and it's a, it's just a really kind of fun, real grounded show very much in the spirit of, you know, John Hughes movies, who was my idol. Just, you know, two kids coming of age who each of them become each other's checks and balances. And they each ultimately make the other one a better, more well-rounded person. And that's I'm with her. Wow. And Dan Danielle's going to direct it. And uh, we're really excited about that. Very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with us, Mark. Now, Brett, what's next for On the Right Path? Wow, that's a great question. You know, we um, we just finished uh, the development of a curriculum. Uh, it's a 12-week curriculum where we combine a life skill, a basketball skill, and a Bible verse. And um, we're preparing. Uh, we've been in meetings with different youth organizations all across the country, uh, really with the goal of trying to get it into as many schools and clubs and rec centers and, you know, kind of take the message of on the right path all around the country. And so this curriculum has been uh, really a big uh, project that we just uh, finalized. Uh, so we're very excited about that. We're also currently working on a on an online course where kids can go on and take that same curriculum a little bit different um, where there's more uh, a teaching component of, of videos and uh, uh, different examples of the of the life skills th that we're talking about. So we're really we're really in in a phase now where we're um, trying to branch out with our curriculum and again just try to impact as many people as we can all around the country. I love it. Now, what does leadership mean to each of you? I'll start off with Mark. Um. You know, it's it's a great question, and here's what it means to me, that while I have a responsibility and a love of giving back and mentoring and leading, I'm still in a position to look up to my parents who are 88 and 83 and still around, and anybody else who's an elder, I could look to them for leadership because to me, it's, it's uh, infinite um, you know, task uh, in how we can 
continue to effect and also at the same time be affected. So to me, leadership is a two-pronged thing. It's leading and at the same time being led. Very powerful. Stacy. I say for me, I think of it as the ability and the honor really to um, be able to inspire others into action, to like lead by example, um, instead of really, it's not really my style to like tell people what to do, but um, I'm always so blessed when I hear people say, hey, you know, knowing you did this or watching you do this gave me the courage to do this. And, you know, and there's a lot of people who come to me um, as a mentor and stuff, but they they seek me out. And it's just, you know, my hope is just to inspire them to find their path, um, a pathway where they can use their God given gifts uh, to live a very fulfilling and impactful life. Amen. And you are by serving on the front lines. Now, Brett. I love going last because because they both stole my answers in a good way. I, lo I love what, but I love what Mark. I, I like what Mark spoke on because I think le leadership is a big part of his humility and, and understanding that that we all, you know, you can never stop learning, you know, and uh, to have that endless kind of curiosity, you know, to still be at an age where you could think like, okay, that's it. Like I've learned all I've needed to learn. And yet it's like, wow, like I'm sure Mark would agree. He's still, you st still reading and learning things. And, you know, there's the great quote, right? Live as if, uh, as, as, live as if you're going to live forever. Um, learn as if, I'm sorry, live as if you're going to die tomorrow. Learn as if you're going to live forever, you know? And so there's this, there's this this excitement of curiosity that is, is rooted in humility in leadership, meaning that you, you've been given a responsibility, but yet you want to continue to to learn and to grow. And then I, I think it comes down to what Stacy says. It, ultimately, can you inspire? Can you give hope? You know, to younger people um, because they're they're the ones that are coming after us, and, and you you want to leave it better for them, and you hope that they accomplish more than we we ever could have accomplished. Um, so can you inspire others to, to do uh, great things? Um, you know, I, I think uh, that that's what hit, hits me the most. Amen. Very powerful. Now, do any of you have any last words to share with the audience today? Read and write. <laughs> write and read. Uh, young people. No, I, I mean, seriously, I, I, I know I, it sounds kind of silly just out of context, but, um, you know, one of the things I, I when I speak to young kids, um, you know, they, they, they have all these ideas swimming around their heads. And because kids, as, as you know, Brad alluded to, you know, uber curious, and they have all these crazy stories in their head, but then they get into a structured situation in school. And if there's an assignment to write something, they're afraid to write that crazy off the wall, quirky thing, because they just are afraid how maybe it'll be perceived. So they often write, um, you know, a simpler story, you know, um, and so I always try and encourage young people to, you know, the, the cliche is reach for the stars. But, you know, I, I like to say reach to the back of your brain 
and pull out that idea that you know is spectacular, but you're afraid to share it. Share that one. Very inspiring. Stacy. Yeah, that made me think of, um, so my, my GRIP series that came out, um, the first book came out in 2019, but I actually invented that world that GRIP is in and created those characters when I was 13 years old. I was assigned a project in school um, to do some type of, I, I could pick whatever expression I wanted a poster, whatever. I did a book because that was my thing. I love to write. Um, but the topic was peer pressure. And so I actually created all my characters for that project. And then I fell so in love with their world and their story that I continued writing those books all through high school and then after college and so forth. And um, actually, the my first book, um, The Right Person, which is part of my Montgomery Lake High series, that's the book I wrote as a 13-year-old, the first draft of that. So I followed Mark's advice and wrote what was in my heart. And now, all these years later, we've got multiple book series out. We've got a TV show adaptation taking place. And I think that really came from following my passion and writing what I thought was an important message all the way back then. Very powerful. Thank you, Stacey. Brett, any last words? Oh, man. I would just say, <laughs> you know, I think... I think I'm I think I'm about 10 years younger than Mark and and we're both old farts compared to Stacy I know that but you know I think when I when I was a kid and I think Mark I hope would agree with me there there, there was distractions but not like the distractions now I mean it's out of control the number of things that can steal your time steal your joy and and I think my my biggest thing would be to just Make sure that everybody has the opportunities. Just just stay focused on your purpose, your passion, because the days can just start flying by and you start to say to yourself, like, what have I been doing? Like, what have I been, you know, you're, you're watching or you're on the Internet or your social media. And next thing you know, like a week passes by, a month, a year, and you're just like, what am I doing? You know, I just think there's so many distractions and we, we, we can't run from them. We can't hide from them. They're there. They're not going anywhere. The internet's not going anywhere. Social media, it's not, it's not all of a sudden going to stop. So you've got to be aware of all these distractions and then say to yourself, all right, what am I about? What What, what is my purpose every day? And and, and and really understand that we're given these 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 blips of time on the, on this whole, you know, uh, uh, time of eternity. We're here for this blip. And it's like, let, let's make sure we're all using our time uh in, in a great way that's able to inspire people, help people and, and achieve all, all the things we're, we're, we're dreaming about. Uh, that, that's awesome. And to what he's saying, you like all these, you know what we've lost? You know what I want to bring back? Eye contact. Yeah. We don't have eye contact anymore. That's true. That's true. Yeah, especially with everything being so virtual in the last couple of years too. It's now when I see people face to face, it's like, oh, you have to remember those things. Make eye contact. <laughs> true. It needs to come back. Thank you all for sharing your stories and, and for sharing more with the audience today. Now, where can the audience find you? Um, I'm on I'm, I'm on Twitter. Uh and I, I do engage with my followers. I'm uh, on Twitter as Blutman Mark and on Instagram as Mark Blutman. Keep people guessing. Awesome, Brett. 
uh, on the right path dot org. Keep it nice and simple. Um, that's where you can find us. Awesome, Stacy. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. So uh, my publishing company is at briley.baxter.books. And my author Instagram is at author underscore Stacy Padula. And my book website is stacyapadula.com. And the publishing website is briley.baxterbooks.com. I love it. And thank you all for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast. And now make sure to check out Brett, Stacy, and Mark on all of their social media platforms and their websites. Thank you all. God bless you and be safe. Thank you so thank much. You.